This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellness Globe podcast. I'm so happy that you're here joining me for my second week talking about perimenopause and menopause. Had a great response to last week's ep, which kind of introduced the definitions and a little bit more about perimenopause and menopause. So if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend going to that first and then coming back for this episode because I'll be referring back to the previous one. Today, I'm going to really dive into insulin resistance. And it's not probably the first thing that you think of when you think of perimenopause, right? But Really, um, insulin resistance has a lot to do with some of the symptoms of perimenopause and it's a real issue. Like a lot of you probably think, oh, that's not me. I don't have insulin resistance, but how do you actually know that? So we're going to talk about that today. So firstly, what actually is insulin resistance? So insulin, uh, as you probably know, is a hormone that is secreted by the pancreas when we eat, usually. Um, That's the main thing that you think of, I'm sure, when you think of insulin. So we eat, the glucose goes in the blood, triggers the um, insulin to be released, and the insulin allows the glucose into the cells. Insulin is also our fat storage hormone and um, does quite a few other things, but I... That's probably just the simplest explanation. So when we become insulin resistant, what it means is we still have insulin, 
but it's not working like it should be. So it's not letting the glucose into the cells. And what we end up is we keep having this high level of glucose and then that keeps triggering more and more insulin to be released. So you get high glucose and high insulin, which is called hyper, meaning high or more than, hyperinsulinemia, so blood. So high levels of insulin in the blood. And the thing is, uh, when you have insulin resistance, it's insulin can be a real driver of inflammation and can lead to something called meta-inflammation, which is metabolic inflammation. And that is where, so one of the symptoms of menopause where you get that weight gain around the middle abdominal kind of area, that is a sign of meta-inflammation and can be driven by insulin resistance. So that is potentially one of the reasons why as women move in that perimenopause, menopause period, their weight gain can shift to being more on the belly or the waist, which is for many of us, not really what we're wanting. Uh, so some of the signs of insulin resistance can be weight gain, but it's not always. Uh, can be fatigue, can be sugar cravings. And that's because fatigue, obviously, because the glucose isn't getting into the cells and the glucose provides energy. Sugar cravings, because we've got this high level of insulin. So that's kind of a trigger for the, the brain to go, hey, I need to eat. Um, you can also get things like skin tags, um, high cholesterol or triglycerides. Uh, you may, if some of you might be familiar with something called fatty liver. So if you've been diagnosed with fatty liver, that is actually a sign of insulin resistance as part of that, um, what they call metabolic syndrome. And, um, the way that we kind of measure insulin resistance is, in blood tests and there's also you can do an oral glucose challenge to kind of get a sense of uh, your waist measurement now this is really important there was some really interesting research done I think it was relatively recently that showed that pretty much once your waist gets to a hundred centimeters whether you're a male or a female if it's a hundred centimeters or more you pretty much hundred percent of people are going to be insulin resistant insulin resistant with a waist of 100 centimeters or more. So that's one kind of mini test you can do at home right now. If your waist is bigger than 100 or if it is 100, then it might be worth going and getting uh, an insulin resistance test. Um, and another kind of guide for your waist measurement is that your waist should be around, or sorry, less than half of your height. So if you know how tall you are, divide that by two, then you'll know that's kind of the maximum measurement that for most people their waist should waist should be. And yeah, that gives you a bit of a guideline as to whether or not you need to perhaps do some action around that. For women, generally a waist measurement below 89 centimeters is like desired to reduce your risk of cardiovascular events. So I've given you a whole bunch of numbers there. I guess the main one I think you should focus on is checking that your waist is less than half of your height because that's much more specific to you. So see how you go with that. Um, some of the risk factors for insulin resistance. So what's going to make you more likely to be insulin resistant? Well, a family history of diabetes, 
because diabetes is very, very closely linked to insulin resistance. I'm talking about type 2 diabetes. So type 2 diabetes is the adult onset diabetes. Uh, if when you were pregnant, you had gestational diabetes, that does unfortunately put you in a higher risk category to get insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. If you had been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome is also a condition of insulin resistance. And so, yeah, if you've been diagnosed with that, then you're in quite a high risk category. And interestingly, the reason I'm spending time talking about this is because insulin resistance can actually worsen perimenopause symptoms, which, uh, you know, I find that pretty surprising. It's not something that we really learn too much about. We think perimenopause, we think, you know, women, 40s and 50s, getting older, nothing you can do about it, which is, you know, kind of true. But uh, there are things you can do about the symptoms. And one of those things is managing your insulin and you're like well how can I manage my insulin there's actually quite a few things you can do to manage your insulin and I'll get into that shortly but let's talk about how and why insulin resistance can cause some of the symptoms of menopause or perimenopause so uh, if we look at how the brain works. So the brain actually depends a lot on estrogen, believe it or not. Um, estrogen reduces inflammation in the brain. It boosts serotonin. So serotonin is one of your brain chemicals. Um, serotonin boosts mood for people that have anxiety or, de or depression. Often they're put on something called a serotonin um, reuptake inhibitor and it just helps to maintain the amount of serotonin in their um, neural synapses. So uh, it helps to boost your mood if you have boosted serotonin. Uh, also serotonin is the precursor to melatonin. So if you don't have enough serotonin then your melatonin is going to be impacted. So melatonin helps you sleep. So estrogen is really involved in this, which is kind of surprising. Um, also, estrogen helps to regulate the circadian rhythm, which I was a little bit blown away by that, I'll be honest with you. Um, so your circadian rhythm, of course, is that natural cycle that you have of waking and sleeping. And there's a whole bunch of different chemical reactions that go on in the body that are related to the circadian rhythm. And so estrogen helps to regulate this. Uh, insulin, sorry, estrogen actually improves insulin sensitivity. So as you, you're starting to see where I'm going here, um, as you get less insulin in your system, then your insulin in, uh, resistance will increase. The other thing that estrogen does is it increases energy in the brain. And this is a really interesting one. So estrogen helps the brain cells actually use glucose for energy. And so the drop in estrogen at menopause can actually, the science tells us it can lead to about a 25% drop in energy and activity of the brain. So then that becomes kind of interesting uh, if you've experienced kind of symptoms such as forgetfulness or um, brain fog just feeling really tired feel like you can't think properly that potentially could be because estrogen has dropped 
and that is impacting the energy available in the brain. So this is really kind of interesting when you look at how estrogen impacts us. So what happens? So the brain needs to adjust to this um, and it has mechanisms to do that, to adjust to this fluctuating estrogen as we go through perimenopause and menopause. And if the adjustment period is navigated successfully, then the brain will return to normal energy. So don't worry, this is not going to last forever if you navigate this period of time successfully. And I'll talk about what that looks like in a moment. But if this period of time is not navigated well, then that low energy can actually continue and it can impact your cognition. So that's not great. And I kind of touched a little bit on this in last week's podcast that there's now kind of some research coming out that's saying, you know, how we handle perimenopause and menopause can reflect later in life with regard to dementia and Alzheimer's disease because there's a lot of money going into Alzheimer's disease uh, research at the moment because they're, they're kind of saying it's going to be like the epidemic, hate to use that word, the epidemic of this decade, later this decade. In fact, sometimes Alzheimer's disease is actually called type 3 diabetes because of that link with insulin resistance. So this is really, uh, if you're a nerd like me, this is really cool stuff. <laughs> Hopefully you find it interesting as well. So what can we, how can you navigate that period of time successfully so that your brain is actually going to be in the best possible shape when you get through this period of your life? Well, number one, prevent or reverse insulin resistance. And I'll talk about how to do that shortly. Another is to maintain a healthy gut microbiome. So I haven't really talked about this in relation to perimenopause. I might do that in the next podcast, actually. So maintaining a healthy microbiome is pretty critical because we know there's this gut-brain connection. So I will dive a little deeper into that next week. Uh, and exercise is the other thing that can help because I guess because exercise really helps with um, using your insulin well. So reducing the insulin in the blood. So I might talk a little bit further about that too in further podcasts. So what can you do? What can you do to, we know how to kind of navigate this time in terms of the brain and lowering estrogen and maintaining and helping with the energy of the brain. So what can you do about it? Well, number one, this is not necessarily in order either, by the way, but I would say number one, stress management comes up yet again. Talked a little bit about this last week and I have previous podcasts on stress management. So if you want more information on that, please, 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 have a look at my website in the blog section. There's heaps of information. And that's kind of why stress management is a big part of my new GLOW protocol as well uh, because I know how important it is as an anti-aging tool. And now we're seeing also coming through perimenopause, huge, huge uh, advantage of having stress management skills. Uh, the other thing you can do, obviously, reverse insulin resistance um, I'm making that sound pretty easy. You just reverse it, but you can. And you know how you do it is with 
looking at what you were eating and, you know, metabolic balance, as you know, is a program that I work with and I've included metabolic balance in the GLOW protocol. And it, it's awesome. It's one of the prime things that metabolic balance does is reverse insulin resistance and improve insulin sensitivity. So it's ideal for navigating this period of your life. Uh, a third thing you can do, oh, and I mentioned this last week as well, is either reduce or just quit alcohol. And this is one that, you know, I know people aren't going to be very happy with, but I think we all know that drinking alcohol really isn't that great for us, even though there are there's resveratrol in it and it's, um, you know, antioxidant probably doesn't really offset the benefits that, um, oh, sorry, offset the risks that alcohol has, and particularly for women at this period of their lives. Uh, exercise I touched on just before, in particular building muscle, because building muscle or maintaining the muscle mass that you have will help you with your insulin sensitivity. So that's really important. From a supplement point of view, same supplements I mentioned last week, magnesium and taurine. Magnesium and taurine are incredible nutrients for the brain, for the nervous system, nourishing the nervous system, managing stress, and magnesium in particular for um, improving your glucose metabolism, reducing sugar cravings, uh, improving your energy, improving sleep, so many things. Love magnesium. <laughs> Got to be a good quality magnesium. Don't be taking those Epsom salts instead of uh, good quality magnesium. So I've covered today something that I hope is kind of new information for you is the impact of insulin resistance on your perimenopause or menopause. Um, I've been through the mechanisms, how and why that actually happens what you can do about it. So hopefully you got some good tips from the podcast. As I said, I do have a bunch of um, blog posts on my website that cover off things like uh, anti-aging exercise, eating, uh, microbiome is there as well, I think so, and stress management, definitely. But I have put this all together in this incredible new program, the Glow Protocol. So if you have any interest in learning more about that, I do have a page on my website. Uh, SusieGarden.com is my website. S-U-S-I-E uh, is how you spell my name and garden, like a, just a general ordinary garden. SusieGarden.com. Go and check out the Glow Protocol page and DM me uh, at Wellness on Insta or Facebook if you want some more information. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I'll be back next week continuing uh, this little journey into perimenopause. Please feel free to let me know if there's any questions that you have or anything you want me to address in the podcast, either related to this particular topic or something else. I'm always looking for ideas of content that I can provide because I absolutely love doing it. Please Feel free to share this podcast, tell your friends uh, so that as many people as possible can benefit. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.